started watching Archer, yeah. and he always like blows shit up in his ears. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Archer is and so worth watching. What a it good is. Show. I'm like four seasons in already. I can't find this. I just picture Tom as Archer after blowing his ears off, and he's just like, Mom. <laughs> I wish I got the reference, but I, yeah, thankfully. <laughs> he, basically, he like, I, I really appreciate it. it. <laughs> MLS Aces episode 163. This is your host, Tom Sweezy, and we are back with another fantastic episode of the MLS Aces podcast. I am joined by the Jason Vivang. Jason, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I probably should have said this before we started, but like my sound is a little weird. I can hear I, everything, though, so we're good. We're just going to keep rolling with it because it, you know, I, that's all that matters. I, well, yeah, it's just everyone's very quiet to me because my headphones are broken that I'm using. All right, so you just have to look <laughs> really hard. That's it. Um, I'm also intently. I'm also joined by Uncle Daddy Sam Nelson. Sam, how are you? I, I'm doing good. My, my headphones work just fine. <laughs> wow, you so. over here with good headphones. Um, yeah, you know, yep, that, that's me, Sam, good headphones. Uncle Daddy Nelson. Good. I don't know. Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam Good Headphones Daddy Nelson. That's yeah, that's the nickname I got in school. It was really I mean accurate. <laughs> wow, that's some foreshadowing if you were getting that I know, like they, they knew right away. Uh well it's been um two weeks since we've talked on a podcast platform. It's been two weeks since you guys listening have heard us talk in a podcast and into your headphones. Um not Sam's headphones because he has the best headphones, but your headphones. Um the goat headphones. A lot has happened since last time we spoke. We've had a couple of rebrands, we've had some jersey drops for next uh-huh. year. Uh, the playoffs are all squared away. The Philadelphia Union won the Supporters' Shield, so congratulations to them. Um, U.S. Men's National Team has played two games. There has been a lot, but mainly this podcast, guys, we are going to be covering um, the MLS playoffs, kind of previewing what's coming up this weekend, talk a little bit about the U.S. Men's National Team um, performances, and um, I think that's pretty much it, guys, right? I'm not missing anything else. Oh, of course, I forgot. Sorry, the MLS Aces Awards. The um, most important part. The most important part. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is really what I kind of want to cover more than anything else. And after um, this whole podcast we're going to do this weekend, I'm going to do a little bit of a write-up, so it's also going to be on the blog for, for the awards and everything like that. But it's my favorite time of the year. It really is. I love kind of getting our joint. Um, opinions on who we thought was best and not who kind of the league or Don Garber thought was best, worst, whatever it may be. So um, I don't really know how to do this, but I'm going to roll out just kind of categories here and you guys can take some opinions of the winners if that's cool. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's make opinions because I have those. Coach of the year. That's the first one we're going to start with. Um, This one was a two-horse race when it got down to the end of it. But 
At the end of the day, the coach of the year went to um, the Philadelphia Union's very own Jim Curtin. Um, so, Sam, I'll give you the opinion on this one. We're going to go back and forth with opinions. Oh. So, Ooh, uh, what do you think of Jim Curtin winning our MLS Aces coach of the year? I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, really. I mean, Jim Curtin led a team that was expected to maybe make the playoffs, maybe be a little bit better of a Eastern Conference lock into Supporter Shield and um, just an amazing season all around um, for someone who I seem to remember maybe two years ago last year, us saying that he was uh, a laughing stock at one point. Probably two years ago. Last, last year they were good. Are closed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a horror show. curtains are closed. I'm done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think this one... Is a done deal. I'm sure all three of us voted for Jim Curtin this year. I I know I personally did in our voting. Um, I did. You did, Jason. I voted for Raphael Wiki. Oh, there you go. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I voted for Jim Curtin. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Well, let's announce the uh, the next award, the MLS Aces Daryl Grove Defender of the Year Award. This one was a little bit tighter. Um, obviously, I think there's plenty of different uh, shouts that could have been made for the Defender of the Year. But at the end of the day, this one came down to friend of the pod, Mark McKenzie, oh, and yeah. talk mm-hmm. another one up for dupe. Um, so, Jason, I'm going to toss this one your way. I mean, it's Mark McKenzie. I don't need to say more. <laughs> He's friend of the pod. I mean, we're going to obviously vote for him. Yeah. Plus, oh, I mean, yes. yeah, he was on the pod, A. Eh? Yeah. That's, that is the first award winner to be also on the pod, so. Yeah, you are. You Could are. have been you, Jim Curtin. You know what? <laughs> Next time. A quick little, Mark, you're the guy. I love you. Um, and yeah, I mean, him but. On the pod really did get my vote, not going to lie. I mean, they're also the number one team and really good. <laughs> Yes, that he had to do it. So, <laughs> yes, I think his performances from last year to the jump this year and now being That's, linked, yeah, to Europe, the guy's just an unbelievable. I unbelievable. think the, the big jump he made is like part of it too. It's like, oh my gosh, he like the the steps he's taken and how great he is now is really awesome to see. His ability to read the game out of a back line, I absolutely love it. Um, so, Mark, congratulations. You're joining Jim Curtin up on the uh, the 2020 uh, MLS Aces award ceremony stage here that we got going on behind me. If you can't see, I got Jim Curtin and Mark McKenzie right behind me right now. It's awesome. Congrats, guys. Um, Sam, this one's going to be perfect for you because <laughs> themed after the award, the MLS Aces Uncle Sam Nelson oh, of the year. Um, also pretty close with uh with our final five here but the winner is um also coming from the philadelphia union oh, shit, i should have seen that comment <laughs> man they're so, sweeping the awards said, well it was a very good team this year to be fair yeah so sam andre blake's walking up behind me i just shook his hand he's in jim's hand right now what do you want to say about andre blake's season i mean that, he he had an, an excellent year in goal um uh, the Philadelphia Union had the best defense in the league, no doubt, only allowing 20 goals uh, in whatever kind of season we're, we're going to allow that to be. So, uh, <laughs> overall, he, he played very well. His his de- defense in front of him deserves a lot of credit, but that man came up with big saves, and, and he's he's easily one of the probably top three, top two, top three goalkeepers in the league every season without a doubt. And so I, I think it's, a, again, one of those no-brainers. So far, so good on these. No, and I think 
also tacking on his performance from the MLS's back tournament. Like he yeah. is a big reason why they made it as far as they did. Um, Man, I so really forgot like, that was this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was like three three seasons ago, right? Yeah, it really feels so long ago. Uh, so we do have a player being uh, winning the next award who is not part of the Philadelphia Union. So congrats, guys, back there. But you got a new team member uh, joining you up there. Um, so the MLS Aces MVP award. Jason, um, I will, you know, I'm going to throw this to you, but I will say to the fans listening out there, this one came down to a split decision vote that we had to kind of break the tie between ourselves. Sam voted for the one finalist. Jason, you voted for the other finalist. Then I had to be the uh, the split decision maker here. So if you guys hate the winner of this award, uh, you can reach out to us at the MLSAce5 at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, so... The MLS Aces MVP for the 2020 season is Toronto FC's own Alejandro Pazuelo. Um, in a total of 24 games this season, he finished with nine goals and nine assists. Jason, um, you were on the Pazuelo train with me for this official tie break. Why did you go with Pazuelo? I mean, I think for one, the assists were. Um, did you say who was the runner up? I don't remember. Uh, the runner-up, I thought, yeah, it's a good point. The runner-up was Diego Rossi, who Sam did vote for, but um, Jason... Yeah, I didn't want to spoil who it was if you didn't want me to say, but... <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, the assist to me was a big factor in this. Plus, like, LAFC is seventh in the West, and Toronto's second, and was vying for a supporter shield, and I think that matters. Um, like, to be an MVP, I think you need to be on one of like the top teams. Uh, obviously, Rossi performed really well all year, but I just think Pozuelo with the assists and the goals, he kind of did it in both ways, whereas Rossi was more uh, heavily a scorer more than someone who's creating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Sam, do you want to give your case for Diego Rossi, or do you just want to kind of give it to – leave it to Pozuelo? We'll, we'll leave it to Pozuelo, but um, Jordan Morris, I, I think, was more <laughs> Yeah. So we did have an initial voting period, but the finalists and the votes were tied between Pizuelo and Rossi. So then we had to make yeah. the final decision between those two. How many did they two. get each? Um, so they got, where are we here? Sorry, hold on. They got uh, seven votes each. Where was Morris? Uh, Morris was at three. Oh, okay. Oh, so there you go. Boom. So, yeah, so Morris wasn't even Fair close. Enough. But maybe we get a little sneak peek of Jordan Morris here for the final awards of the night, the uh, MLS Aces 2020 team of the season. Um, this is, this is will, a really exciting night. I will. I wore a tux. No, I, I mean, come on. You needed to wear a tux tonight. Did you not get the email? <laughs> well, I, I wore a tux just because it, it felt right. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see the email. but <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam always wears a tux for these. Oh. He does. He does. Every I mean, single get, get ready for the video podcast when I actually start wearing a suit. Get ready for just when I actually have a video that a camera that works. I have a whole story, guys, about that, but that's, I'm not going to bore you guys on this podcast because we have the 2020 of the season. Um, I will oh, note, at least in yeah, my yeah, only the 15th week in a row that you've left it in New Jersey. You know, it's it's, it's not, again, I'm not <laughs> over here in Chicago. <laughs> Um, Our cameras are connected to the computer. (laughs) It doesn't work. It doesn't work. 
It makes sense to me that this is how we do the team of the season here at MLS Aces, that the goalkeeper of the year is your goalkeeper of the year for the team of the season. The defender of the year gets a spot on the team of the season, and the MVP gets a spot on the team of the season. It just makes sense to me that that's how it would work, so that is also how it is going on there. So, Andre Blake is our goalkeeper of the year and our team of the season goalkeeper of the year. The back line does have Mark McKenzie on it because he is our defender of the year. And the other two back line members were Walker Zimmerman and Jonathan Mensa of Nashville SC and the Columbus crew, respectively. Um, honestly, Walker Zimmerman had a hell of a season on the top defense in Major League Soccer. Um, and the dude just bangs goals from the back line, too, because he's just their number one striker. So, I mean, he just bops him in, you know, that's it. Bopping him in. <laughs> and then Jonathan Benza, clearly the best defender on the Columbus crew all season long for the 2020 season. And the Columbus crew did have a top defense in Major League Soccer as well. Congratulations to them. Um Big, big time. And I so I kind of broke it out that it, every single year it could be different. It could be a three-man back, four-man back. It's kind of however the, the voting falls. So that is our back line. That is our goalkeeper. In the midfield, we already have Alejandro Pazuelo locked up in a spot. But the other midfield positions go to Alejandro Bedoya of the Philadelphia Union, Brendan Aronson of the Philadelphia Union, and Nicholas Ladero of the Seattle Sounders. You guys have any takes on any of them that you want to say? Just kind of a total for the 2020 season. Who was the first one that you mentioned? Alejandro Bedoya. Cap- no, 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 no. Oh, Bedoya. Bedoya. Okay. Bedoya. Um, no. no. no I, thought, I thought you, I thought you had more on that one, Jason. I was really yeah, expecting I was something. Like, oh, no, no. I literally on. just didn't hear him. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, for me, I think it is a testament to show like how much the Philadelphia union really did succeed and kind of thrive over everyone else this year that, you know, even our voting, the MLS's award voting was all dominated by the Philadelphia union. Um, but Doya being the leader of that team as the captain kind of maybe didn't do it statistically, but he did control a lot of that midfield, whether it was kind of being a little bit more defensive work, getting up into the attack, whatever it may be. And then obviously the young flashy Brendan Aronson doing everything he He's done. We've talked about him for countless podcasts now. He's had a hell yeah, of a like season on Tierra. <laughs> um, so the union, it's just really awesome to kind of see them kind of control this team of the season this year because they they completely deserve it. Um, awesome. We'll just finish up with the attack of our 2020 team of the season. Um, we already mentioned him once, but Diego Rossi, our um, finalist for the MVP award, is up there. Sam, Jordan Morris has also made yes. the... MLS Aces and Robert So those are our two wingers. Nice that we have two wingers and a striker here. Um, so Rossi, Morris, and our last team of the season member is Giassi Zardis of the Columbus crew. I really didn't see that one coming. A little bit of a surprise pick right there. Maybe. We had... Um, Barrett just snubbed. I <laughs> I will say we Gotta did have that. a few people who were close. Um, Daryl DK, definitely close. Uh, close. Chris Mueller um, was up there in votes as well. We had, a, we had a few people get some votes up in the attack, but at the end of the day, it is Diego Rossi, Jassy's artist, Jordan Morris. Sam, you've been pushing hard for Jordan Morris for MVP, for everything. Yes. Why do you feel like he's deserving of a spot on this team of the season? Yeah, he's just one of those guys who, you know, when he's not kind of down with injuries, he was, I believe, what, his sophomore season, he's just been on a different level 
uh, in this league, and, and Seattle has been nothing but lucky to have him. Um, you know, putting in the assists, putting in the goals, and, and that work rate coming back on defense. It's really been um, fun to watch Seattle play this year with him, and, and I just I can't say enough about him. I mean, he was my pick for um, MVP, obvious, if that wasn't obvious already. <laughs> but um, no, I'm just, I'm just a big fan of everything he does, and he had a very good season. Um, and it, you know, let's be honest, it's it's Seattle in the playoffs, so we'll we'll see what happens now. Exactly, exactly. So everyone who we just named, congratulations. Um, mostly yes, congratulations to Mark McKenzie because we love you. Um, but we love you. Thanks for getting everyone to go out and vote in Philly too. Seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that. Seriously, are... grateful for that. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, awesome. So guys, that's the awards. Um, that is not the end of this podcast. But I do like to say that this podcast is brought to you guys by Ed on Outfitters. If you guys don't know what Ad, Ad a Time Outfitters is, is a completely awesome company that kind of makes some soccer-inspired bracelets. And especially with the MLS um, playoffs coming around, especially with some more international games being played, um, the European season's getting into full stride right now. It is the perfect time to head to AdatimeOutfitters.com to pick up your soccer-inspired uh, bracelets for your favorite team, your favorite club, whatever you want to call it. It is out there. Go check them out at AdatimeOutfitters.com. I have my NYCFC at a time outfitters bracelet. Sam, I know you have a Barcelona one, did you say? I do. I have Barcelona, Celtic, and Tottenham. And Jason, I don't think you have yours yet, but there are. I do. Few... Oh, you do? Oh, I apologize. Wow. Which... I got the Liverpool Miracle at Istanbul and corner taking quickly. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I had to get that one. And the upcoming U.S. Women's National Team game against the Netherlands um, for the U.S. Men's National Team games that we just watched. And we're going to talk about against Wales and against Panama. You can go out and pick up some national team uh, bracelets as well. If you guys want 20% off your entire order at AdditimeOutfitters.com, then use promo code MLSACES. That's M-L-S-A-C-E-S. And you get 20% off your entire order. Pick up your bracelets. The holiday season's right around the corner. Give it for someone else. Get it for yourself. Whatever it may be, go and get one right now, guys. And thank you again to Added Time Outfitters. So, kind of taking that transition, we're going to start talking about a little bit about the U.S. Men's National Team results against Wales and Panama. Um, I know that we are messaging about this a little bit, guys, and we'll we'll talk about the I guess the more boring of the two games first. Um, but the U.S. Men's National Team's first game since March uh, up against Wales, and we came out in a very unique lineup, I would say. Uh, Sebastian Legette playing a false nine and kind of everything else in between. Um, Sam, did you check out this Wales game? I did. I, I somehow got lucky enough to watch both games. It was, <laughs> it was a surprising experience for me. And, oh, and I won't midweek. Yeah, well... It was shocking enough that I had my phone just playing the game at work. Like, all right, don't no, don't worry about me. I'm I'm good. Just watching the game, but it it, um, it, it was a surprising lineup because didn't they change it? Like, they they dropped the lineup and then they changed it and they're like, oh, and Sebastian Lizette's going to be your false nine, and it's like, fuck. And then they're what? like, oh, Eunice Musa's on here twice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but that's cool because we can get two of him. That's cool. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so, um, it it. It was, I mean, it was a, like, it's a boring game if you look at it for a score. It, yeah. it was an exciting game if you're looking at it as someone who wants to watch these young players flourish and really get game time and, and come together as a unit. And I think 
uh, in the first game, we discovered our, our new midfield. Uh, we didn't really know what to do before, but Tyler Adams, Wes McKinney, and Eunice Musa, I think, are the greatest midfielders in the history of America now, and I'm I'm okay with saying that. So that's where I'm going to leave this. All right, Jason, do you have any takes on the greatest midfield we've ever seen? Or uh, he well, said I think he misspoke. He said greatest midfield in the history of America. I think he meant world. Ah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we talking about both right now, or just the Wales game? Just the Wales game right now, and then we'll dive. Um, the absolute okay. so, <laughs> I mean, for me, like, I saw a lot of, like, people really just unhappy with Legette just starting and being in that role. And I get, like, the the dislike for that role because, obviously, that, that role he was in was probably not the best uh, situation. But I do I, – I just had to say this because I do really like to see Legette in the squad because I actually like him a lot and I think – you know, he's put in some solid performances for the U.S. in the past. Um, but overall, like, this is so, I don't know why, but, like, this is one of the most excited I've been for, you know, just a friendly game for the U.S. men's team because of all these new faces and all these, this massive potential. Like, Gio Reyna, um, Musa even, uh, McKenney, Adams back, which, like, Finally, Adams is playing in number six. I know we've been screaming about that for way longer than <laughs> necessary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm really I'm I'm on the train, man. We're we're chugging along. I'm happy with this. <laughs> baby, twenty twenty two. No, um, the Wales game. You needed to watch, not like Sam, not like you said for like a final score, right? You needed to watch. Yeah. for For the performances within that final score, and also Dest is the real deal. Yo, Dest, are you so good? I mean, look, the the Barcelona touch helps. I think training with, you know, Barcelona every day does help, you know. Um, Weston McKenney, again, I think a similar kind of mold of training with Juventus and the world's best players every day helps because some of the plays that Weston made kind of just covering ground, making the better pass, making more of a defensive read, like he wasn't making that with Schalke. And now, and and I I give credit to Matt Doyle for that take because Matt Doyle really did bring that out and bring that to my attention because Weston McKinney was doing a fantastic job of doing that. Tyler Adams, was well, you, yeah. Just to add to that, like their playmaking is something that I think really stood out, especially with McKinney and Dest. It's it was yeah. like when they had the ball at their feet, you knew they at least were going to try something, and most you know get into a good position or or see something it's like they they were able to see you know their vision was really good and they were able to see what they wanted to do and execute in a much better way than i think we've seen in a a while especially for players of that age a hundred percent and kind of going off of that tyler adams looked dangerous he did his thing where he was making some late runs into the box and he had a few shots on target and kind of I think was just trying to do something when the U.S. look did look a little, um, you know, stagnant in the attack. Eunice Musa was was very impressive in this one. And then we'll kind of touch on his performance against Panama. But I, I really loved it. Um, Matt Miazga was probably my only big concern out of this Wales game was that um, he just didn't look super sharp to me. Um, but again, that could just be me. And Jason, you hit it on the head about the Sebastian Legette take. The dude has never had a bad performance for the U.S. men's national team, but people crying that he was in the starting 11 is insane to me. If Josh Sargent was on this roster, yes, Josh Sargent would have been the striker in a three-man attack, and that's what it would have been. But 
at the time, Greg Berhalter didn't feel that uh, Giacchini or Soto was ready to start this game. And that's fine. You have a veteran in Sebastian Legette kind of playing a false nine. It didn't work out. At the end of the day, it's not a big deal to me. Like, it, it was the first game back since March or February, whatever, and these guys are just going to kind of get into a rhythm anyway. I wasn't expecting much out of this game. I didn't like that Stu Holden called Conrad De La Fuente. Um, Conrad Dino did not like that. Jimmy Conrad, <laughs> Sue. Um, but let's kind of transition over into the USA-Panama game. Things did not start off great. I'm going to be real honest. The goal from Panama in the eighth minute got me a little, little concerned. Um, so before we kind of go into anything else, did you guys, when you saw that goal go in early, were you just like done? Like I, I, in my brain, I saw the goal go in and I was like, oh, here we go. We're the shit show of the U.S. men's national team again. I go, <laughs> yeah, I go negative real quick. To be honest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I saw that goal and I was just like, oh, shit. Like I, I felt all the scared like terrified feelings inside me that we were gonna just suck again yeah see that's exactly but, what i'm saying but i didn't like go straight there i was optimistic <laughs> at least i was like okay i mean we still got 82 more minutes and nope, then, i was damn well glad that i kept paying attention I was done. I was done at that point. <laughs> and that's exactly where Matt Miazga also didn't impress me again because I I think it was him that didn't really track the track the forward to who scored. I've been the- saying this. I don't think personally, I don't think Matt Miazga is the guy <laughs> I want starting every game next to Brooks. I mean, look, it's a fair take. I was high on Miazga because he was training at Anderlecht, training under Vincent Company. I think I just got a little excited about that um, idea of it in general. But these two games really did shed a little light on, on the Miazga train. I think he's definitely going to be involved and should be involved. But with Aaron Long, with Chris Richards, um, obviously John Brooks and, and Tim mm-hmm. Reed being around, I think we definitely have options other than Matt Miazga to be starting next to Brooks. Just I think know. Miazga has potential in, you know, to be that guy that's called upon, you know, every game. But I don't – I think people are higher on him at this point than they should be. Mm-hmm. Like, keep your expectations in check with him because there's yeah. there's some shakiness, I would say. So let's kind of jump a little bit away from the negatives, right, because this was a very good game. Shortly after the Panama goal, we get a Gio Reina uh, free kick goal, who even Erling Holland was absolutely in love with. And then um, a few minutes after that, we get a very quick brace from Nicholas Giacchini of um, Cayenne Pepper FC in, in French. Uh, <laughs> um, so the first half, those that 3-1 scoreline, um, that brace, and kind of the, the reign of goal. Sam, did you have any takes or did you have anything that you saw from that first half that you really like enjoyed? Uh, it, it felt good just going into halftime being like, all right, like, you know, Gio Reyna got his first goal for the U.S. Men's National Team. It only took him a game and a half. And then, you know, a brace from a guy on what was essentially his debut, even though I think he got some minutes in the first game. It was just, it was nice to see. And I went, oh, this is, this is going well. Like we can't we can't mess this up too bad. I mean, it's too bad we aren't up three nothing, but but we can keep going. This will be good. And then I mean, second half added added some definite more positives. But I felt I felt good going into halftime. So 
I will say that, you know, you guys have heard me talking about this. You guys have seen it in the group chat. And uh, if you guys follow us on Twitter at MLS Aces, then you've definitely seen me hype up Sebastian Soto more than like any other Uh, forward in U.S. soccer. Um, I was kind of disappointed when he didn't get the start and it was Giacchini who got the start. But then as soon as, you know, those two those two balls hit the back of the net, I was like, "Ah, okay, maybe we can have some competition. I'm okay with it. Um, you know, really, I did not know much about Giacchini before before these two games. And coming out of this, he just seems like a very natural striker. He seems like a very natural poacher. And with guys like Yuli Linez, Giorania, Conrad De La Fuente, whoever it may be up top creating, I feel like that he could fit in very nicely as a, as a natural poacher, just a natural finisher in the box. And he was so happy after the game. I fucking love to see that. He was just like a. He was very happy, but then it kind of the interviews after the game, he was just such a professional. Like he just sounded like he's been around the game for thirty years. Like that was something that really stood out to me. I don't know why. Like that stood out to me, but I loved that from him. And the kids, yeah. twenty, you know. That, that- I too of uh, Reggie Cannon after the game where he like gets mad at himself because he's like, oh, I sound like a like I've been here for too long. <laughs> I sound like a veteran. Veteran. Well, he is. The funny thing is, he is one of the older guys at this camp outside of Brooks and Miyaz. <laughs> I think it's Reggie Cannon, which is which is insane. And Tim Ream, obviously, but yes, Tim Ream. That, being that's like <laughs> different decade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've talked a little bit about Giacchini. We've talked a little bit about um, Miazga. I will give Cannon a ton of credit because I feel like he fit in perfectly at that right-back role, pushing uh, Dest over to left-back, which I was saying when we previewed this um, this roster that I feel like that's what I would love to see because I think Reggie Cannon is uh, not a better right-back than Sergio Dest. I'm not going to say that, but I think... Serginho Dest is our best left back, and Reggie Cannon is a more than highly capable right back. And that's kind of what so, we saw in this one. We saw both, right? So we saw yes. Reggie Cannon and Dest on the left, and then we saw Robinson on the left and Dest on the yeah. right. And Robinson as well, too. I think I would I would be leaning towards the Cannon Dest because Dest, Dest is going to perform on whichever either side he's on. Yeah, whichever side. It, it's, it's really. We want our best player out, our best players out there, and I think I mean this is a small sample size, but I think Cannon performed better. Although I did, I did feel like Anthony Robinson is you know, not not a bad person to have. No, I thought he played well against Wales. Sam, do you have any takes on that? On on Dest on the fullback situation uh, of well, Cannon Dest Robinson kind of trio. Robinson made um, a couple mistakes during the. Uh, Crap, he only played the Wales game. I'm sorry. It, it's yes. late. Um, so he he did uh, make a couple mistakes. But overall, I thought he was a very solid left back. I mean, and I, I can't tell what, like, the plan overall was for the fullbacks because it seemed to me to be go forward, do some stuff, do some <laughs> Death, take do on. you want. <laughs> yeah, Desk, do whatever you want. But then Robinson, you know, tried some take-ons too. And he, yeah. you know, he seemed to get stuffed a little bit more than Desk did because, well, one, Sergio Desk. But um, for I, I can't com- I can't complain about what uh, Anthony Robinson did. You know, he, um, think... he. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no? okay. Um, I think Anthony Robinson is a better defensive fullback re- than Cannon, and Cannon's better at going forward. And then Reed. Dest is obviously just. 
I, better. I would have actually said the exact opposite. The exact opposite. I would have said that Cannon plays way more defensive and he can get forward, but Anthony Robinson gets forward better and can play defense. See, I think like the speed of Anthony Robinson is what helps him out. No, hundred percent. I think and potentially, that... like when he makes a mistake, like we saw him make a couple mistakes, like Sam was saying, he's able to get back into position. I think a little bit better. I will say this: I would never want a U.S. men's national team starting eleven where Anthony Robinson and DeAndre Yedlin are starting at the same exact time. Oof! We would get a lot of scenarios <laughs> where it is two dudes back <laughs> and two fullbacks in a full-on sprint trying to cover up the ground. After they gave that away, would be great. like it would, it would be entertaining to watch. But they are very much the same player, and I think that that player is a is a good player, is a more than capable player. But you need another strong defender on the opposite side who can kind of be back there and be in position to kind of have a strong three man back if one fullback is pushing up the field, and. I think Serginho Dest goes up the field very well, and he is a very key piece to us going up the field. So that's why I'm leaning more towards Dest at left back and Cannon at right back. They they almost used uh, Adams as well to drop back at times, to be yeah. like a center back. Yeah. No, you're not wrong there. Um, so, Jason, you said you were leaning more towards Cannon Dest. Yeah. Sam, do you have a? are you leaning any more direction? I would probably also say Cannon Dest would be the better of the uh, two options we have. To my side, guys. Welcome to my side. That's all I wanted to hear. Okay. Feels good. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little back line. We talked a little Giacchini. Um, let's get to the to the to the to the man in the midfield, Eunice Musa. I saw you two talking about Eunice Musa in the in the MLS Aces <laughs> chat. Like I've never heard you or never seen you two discuss any other player. Please. <laughs> Please, whoever wants to take this, go on about Eunice Musa. I mean, do you do you want me to say what I said in the group chat? <laughs> you can. I mean, I, I literally said I'm willing to commit a war crime to make sure he plays for the U.S. and national team forever. So maybe, maybe something small like flying over like international airspace, like illegally. But like I, I would. I don't know, like maybe something like that. I'm not gonna do anything crazy. Uh, I have a kid, so I, I can't do anything crazy. But yeah, I would do. <laughs> Come on, I would do you're... a lot. I do a lot for him. Like he, man, he is. He's good going forward. He makes those darting runs from from central midfield. I'll take, I'll take the the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if if I'm doing it all, I guess you guys are safe, right? <laughs> <laughs> now we'll have to do it. <laughs> He uh, he 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 literally did everything you could want. I mean, he he can go wide. He's playing wide with Valencia because they don't really um, have anyone else. But he he's easily a better central midfielder. He knows how to make runs from the midfield. He knows how to track back. He knows how to get forward, and he's pretty solid at his feet. Like for what is he eighteen? Like nineteen. Was- he's like straight up everywhere on the field. <laughs> Like, and he's straight up everything we needed. Like what a what a fucking player. <laughs> uh, it's it's incredible. I really hope Eunice, if you somehow by really really off chance are hearing this, we really what? hope he's a friend of the pod. This is coming to tweet this at Eunice because he's the goat. No, is Eunice com- is like the best friend of the pod at the moment. Hey, I will tweet. 
I will Instagram this at him, whatever it be. I'm going to say this here so it's a very nice, clear audio clip. Eunice Musa from Tom Sweezy, Sam Nelson, and Jason Vivang. We all welcome you to the U.S. Men's National Team Circle. We want you here. We, we, we would love it if you came here and stayed a while. That is, that is what come I on the pod if you want. You come on the pod as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we got some subs in the second half of this one. Uh, Richie Ledesma subs on. He comes on with two assists. Uh, Sebastian Soto, my guy, comes on, and he gets a brace himself um, for his U.S. Men's National Team debut. Pretty nice uh, debut. But um, did anyone else really stand out to you guys? Jason, did anyone else, uh, Linus, Soto, kind of anyone else really, um, really, I don't know, tickle your fancy? <laughs> Um, I mean, Ledesma, like you just mentioned, the two assists. Uh, you bopping them. I knew you would say Ledesma. Yeah, I mean, if, if someone's going to bop assists, I'm not going to just not mention the bop <laughs> that has occurred. So. You have to mention the bop that has occurred. <laughs> if bops occurred, they will be mentioned, and they will be mentioned by me. If a midfield <laughs> bop is oh not to stand to see the bop happens. you're just dying, waking up his whole house. Just, I, I was going to say, like, my wife and daughter are asleep, and I'm like, yeah, bop those assists, get it. <laughs> like, why are you waking me up saying bopping? He's Blame saying bop. Blame Richie Ledesma, man, that's it. All right, so yeah, Richie Ledesma yeah. stood out to you, Jason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right. Sam, anyone else stands out to you? Yeah, I, actually, I really liked uh, Ulianez coming on. He just he looked very uh, comfortable, and I feel like he's he's going to be someone that we're going to be leaning on for for years to come uh, on the wings, and I'm really looking forward to him playing. Yeah, I think he he'll be a nice little depth piece for sure, and maybe even oh, yeah. break his way into the starting lineup. I'm gonna go a, a weird direction here with with the person that really did impress me, and again, kind of talking about a depth piece, but uh, Johnny. The uh, the Brazilian kid that we mm. have. Um, honestly, I was I'm always like a little concerned of like a true number six outside of Tyler Adams, and it's like yes, we've seen Jackson Yule and he's played well. Um, but I've always gotten a little concerned about the depth there because I don't know if Jackson Yule reminds me a little bit more of Michael Bradley than he does Tyler Adams, which not a bad thing, but just different styles. Um, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Joao, whatever his, his real fucking name is. Um, I like him a lot. I really think he could be a, a nice depth piece. Playing in Brazil is a little bit of a different style than we see in Europe or even MLS. Um, and I, I liked him a lot. I liked him coming on this one, and I felt like he, he could be a nice little piece kind of rotating around this, uh, this national team for sure. Something that I kept thinking of when I was watching these games was like, there's a ton of talent here, right? Like, we didn't even mention Ooh. Tim Ware, who I think has a potential if if he finds the you know the right place to for his club uh has a lot of potential but like this isn't even this is without guys like mark mckenzie brendan aronson like aaron long like there's jordan morris like all our, our uh you know u.s based players uh obviously weren't in this camp besides legit but um like that i feel actually pretty good honestly yeah, I don't remember who was saying it. it uh, the, the, 
And we can finish up this, you know, this conversation with this. A year ago at this time, the depth chart for the U.S. men's national team looked nothing close to what it is now. When you combined our dudes from, you know, playing in America, playing in even Liga Mekis, Brazil, and over in Europe, it's, it's insane what the U.S. men's national team depth chart looks like and how deep it is just in talent alone because... Uh, even their number nine position, a position we were worried about. You can look at, you know, Josie out the door still being around, Josh Sarge and Sebastian Soto, um, Giacchini, Daryl DK. However, it's it's insane. Novakovic, even. I mean, yeah. Oh, shit. Forgot about him. <laughs> for playing for Frozenone in the Serie B. Totally. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. Like, even a position that we were highly, highly worried about, that we didn't have anyone outside of Josie out the door, and Josh Sargent really has been struggling a little bit. Who do we have? Well, we just saw Soto and Giacchini score a brace in, in their game against CONCACAF competition. You know, it's, it's, it's insane. It really is. I'm, I'm so thrilled with um with with the talent and jason that's that's an awesome point for sure thank you yeah no problem man. <laughs> <laughs> right. so we've talked a lot of u.s men's national team a little bit more u.s men's national team than i thought but i'm, I'm happy with it it's okay um let's kind of preview some mls cup playoff games um and oh, really yes. I guess we should and have to start with, with the Eastern Conference playoff games um, because, again, Sam, I think you said it perfectly, just things suck. Um, so, well, yeah, for the Eastern, <laughs> yeah, do. the reason why that there is a playoff game um, is because the Eastern Conference um, added the uh, added Nashville to even out the the conferences but then it made it too uneven because of mls is back and blah 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 whatever there's 10 teams that made the playoffs in the eastern conference seven plays 10 eight plays nine in the seven ten matchup you have this Nash- hurts even more <laughs> and it, i mean yeah you both didn't make it Congrats. how come like how come the two teams that pulled out of mls is back because of covid both made the playoffs jason and our teams didn't i just realized some bullshit <laughs> God damn it. Well, um, <laughs> they benefited from not abiding by laws. <laughs> Looking at you, Colorado. Did they? Oh, shit. They did make them. Oh, that's. Uh, you know what? 2020. Spot. Cheers to 2020. You've done some crazy shit. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to. I, I, unfortunately, I'm enjoying hearing your pain, but. Um, we have a very interesting matchup between the seven ten matchup, Nashville SC versus Miami, the inaugural seasons for both of these clubs, and they meet in the playoffs to see kind of who moves on in the next round. Um, so interesting seasons for sure from both of these guys, um, for both of these teams, right? Nashville comes out, they do some impressive things defensively, maybe not the most exciting soccer offensively, but at the end of the day, got the job done and they finished seventh, which either way, if there was um, expanded playoffs for the East or not, they would have made it. Inter Miami squeaking um, just by the, you know, fucking hair on their ass over Chicago who finished 11th. Um, Inter Miami, they had finished with 24 points. They made some <laughs> mid-season signings of um, a Iguain of a Blasma Tweedy, um, adding to Pizarro and everything like that there. Jason, I'll, I'll go to you first. This is an interesting matchup. Hey, why are you doing this to me? Because uh, Inter Miami just beat out the fire. Um <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> this is an interesting right, guys, oh, it's awesome. next week. 
<laughs> this oh, is an that's so awesome. Um, where is kind of who are you looking at in this game to to be the difference maker for their side to to put their team over the top? Um, I mean, I kind of want to see how uh, Gonzalo Higuain plays in this game because okay. bringing him in, uh, not necessarily he's going to be the difference maker, but I think. Like, Matuidi and Higuain, like, if both of them can perform in this game and prove their worth, like, those those deals would have made sense, right? And and be warrant, uh, not warranted. I don't know the word I'm looking for. But um, I think Blaze Matuidi and Higuain just performing well will help Miami a lot and justify all of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, like, you want to beat, like, the other team in their first season, right? I mean, dragon rights here. You'd hope. (laughs) You really would hope. Um, (laughs) With you there, that like I really feel like maybe this could be a time where where Inter Miami's big time signings kind of show up to to really make like make something of the season, which really kind of we we are expecting Miami to make that late push, and they never did. Um, I really could see this one being like scoreless late, and then like someone on either side just making a big play to win this like one nothing deal. When you make you make these big time signings for these point like these moments, right? If they don't do that much during the season and they squeak into the playoffs, like this is the time that you want to see it. Exactly. I mean, you're you're completely right there, and I feel like you could take like an easy route in this one and be like, I'm looking at you know um, Walker Zimmerman really because he was the <laughs> he was MLS's defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, he, he and was he's a like, great threat on goal. <laughs> he um, like, striker like, Walker Zimmerman. Walker Zimmerman's a fantastic player. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and I really feel like, yes, obviously he is going to be a, a, a big key piece to to Nashville getting a win in this game. Yeah. But Nashville, really, they, they've done it defensively. Miami has picked up their defensive efforts as well towards the end of the season. So I'm kind of looking for a dude who can step up for Nashville to potentially put Nashville over the top and score that goal. And I'm looking at their, you know, their first ever DP signing and Hani Mukhtar, who's had a, a mixed season. Um, he's been good at points. He's been a little kind of fallen in the background at points. I like him a lot in the midfield. I really think he could he could connect well with uh, Yonder Cadiz and you know the other Rondo Leal, like the other DPs who again have really been kind of missing for Nashville this season. Um, I kind of want to see Hani Mukhtar just be the guy, kind of distributing a little bit, getting it up to the attack and creating where Nashville has um, lacked in creating. So that's my pick for who I think could potentially be a big time player. Um, Sam, do you have anyone really who who stands out to you? Yeah, and um, for Nashville or Miami or what? Either way. Well, I mean, um, I, I haven't been looking at um, players for Nashville as much as um, maybe this is the wrong way to look at it. But when I look at this game and I look at numbers, I see uh, Miami, uh, w- who will be playing away to Nashville, is two eight and one this year away from home. And, and so then I go, oh well, like that's that's not good, especially going away to a really good defensive team like Nashville this year um, and, and I go oh well like Gonzalo Higuain's there he he's going to score some goals well Higuain's played in like uh, I think I said five five away games this year he scored one goal it was against off. New York Red Bulls uh, away from home and, and uh, they only won one game and it was that game against the Red Bulls 
So he hasn't exactly played well away from home yet either. Not, again, not that any of this matters because there's a pandemic and there's no fans. But So what you're um, saying is in away games where Gonzalo Higuain scores, they win 100% of the time? You, know, you got me on that one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, actually. Jason, what are you saying like that? Oh, Big wait, win. well, he, he's he got one goal and two assists this whole season. Oh, he got an assist against Dallas and when they lost away from home. So it's only when he scores goals. All right, so, no assists for you. I, I just Yeah, no assists, just goals. Um, I, I, I have this one just, I think Nashville's defense is better. And unfortunately, my, my heart wants to say Miami because I really want to see Miami do well. For, <laughs> for some reason, I, I feel attached to Inter-Miami. Well, but I just... My head says Nashville. So I think it's because we've been like hoping to see this team for legit almost a decade now play, you well, know. That, actual- that is true. Well, <laughs> so I, I've been like, you know, uh, Pizarro, like I'm a really big fan of Pizarro. And he just, yeah. he never took off the way I expected him yeah. to this year. And, and um, <laughs> he's played been, well, but I also think he's kind of like doing it with nothing around them, really. Like, Iguain's. Yeah. Igway- really played and when he has I don't really think he's played well to be completely honest or warranted of you know I guess Gonzalo Higuain numbers um but Sam overall about this kind of performance uh this this matchup between Miami and Nashville I'm with you I think the defensive record of Nashville going up against a shaky um really not playing well on the road attack of Miami um I think Nashville wins this one I think that someone on Nashville Yes, may it be Walker Zimmerman, Hani Mukhtar, um, Yonder Cadiz, whoever it may be. I think that um, they kind of get the breakthrough and make it a one nothing win, something like that. So Walker with- Zimmerman with the go off a corner. <laughs> Maybe, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. So Sam and I are going Nashville. Jason, who are you going with this in this game? I'm going Miami. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I love it. Okay. Hey, I Not wouldn't be upset. Pick them, huh? <laughs> I just think uh, I think Nashville does it. Oh, I right. do want to say Luis Robles though, like stud, just could come out of nowhere for no good reason. So. Isn't he? Is he? I shit. think he's hurt. Ah, shit. Pain. All right, Google machine. I think he <laughs> broke his hand. What? Broken Ooh. arm. Uh, well then, you know what? Nashville, Nashville. Oh, but with a broken arm, even more it could come out of nowhere. Really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's my difference maker. Yeah, uh, he could be. Uh, if he shows up, he could be. He broke it against New York City, Tom. This is your fault. Hey, it was wow, that- Tom. Damn. You guys are just trying to cheat your way to another win. Mm. That old rivalry. Uh, All right, next. <laughs> Let's talk about the other. Eastern Conference playoff game. This one play in game, bro. Whatever, man. It, sure, it's a playoff play in playoff game. Um, we <laughs> they, had the, they play the number eight seed in New England Revolution, who Sam went to fucking town for today on Twitter regarding their logo. And I'm the, tell you about that logo though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and what? Then, Where did I miss this? <laughs> Uh, just, just, if you want to see Sam go off about protecting the New England Revolution and their logo, follow him at Uncle underscore Sam. It's a good logo. X I I I. And or if I mean just, good or just like unique. Both. Shut yeah. up, Jason. Yes. 
All right. So the number eight unique New England Revolution and the number nine Montreal Impact, um, Bruce Arena versus Thierry Henry. I don't think that's something we would have said, um, you know, a while ago. But this is this is kind of an insane coaching matchup. This is kind of an insane matchup because both teams have, I feel like, underperformed a little bit, um, at least in my opinion. But Sam, um, Jason started last one, so I'll start with you here. Yes. Rev's impact, who stands out to you to be a key piece in, you know, their team moving on to the actual playoff game? Oh, I can't believe I'm going to I'm going to say this knowing uh, you guys know me pretty well and you know my feelings about the French Canadians. Um, I, I can't I can't knock Montreal as much as I, I like New England and and what they're working on with uh, Bruce Arena and all that good stuff. Montreal looks very, very good. Um, Thierry Henry, I think, is finally figuring out his team uh, mid-pandemic. And I really like Victor Wanyama to really hold – he's holding that midfield together. Like, everyone else around him is is pretty questionable half the time. But but he's holding it together, and he's scoring goals, um, you know, that knocks DC out of the playoffs. And then um, he's just – he's an all-around very good player for MLS right now. Like, lo- kind of lost it over in – in Europe and needed to make a comeback. And I think he's found it. So he's, he's my pick to really um, be a central figure for this game. Okay. Um, fair, fair point. Um, so I'm guessing you're also leaning towards the impact winning this one. Yeah, I, I am. I don't, I don't Ooh, know why, but this, this one feels right to me. Okay. I'm either going to go over two or you're going to go two and oh, wait, Boy, uh, so Jason, yes. why are you leaning towards the revs and kind of, who do you like on this squad? So I'm leaning towards the Revs, um, obviously, but I really like Gustavo Bo. I think you know he's not their their highest goal scorer with only five goals, but he's not their highest assist leader with three assists. But he does a bit of both, and he just like complete as as a player helps complete this team and you know push them forward. Um, obviously, Teal Burnberry has eight goals this season. Um, so, I mean, he's probably going to be their, you know, main goal scorer in the playoffs if they, you know, go further. But um, overall, I think I think Bo has a chance to really kind of be a special player for them. Um, yeah. So obviously, Matt Turner in goal as well is quite good. Did the, so. Fair. You're right. This could be one of also the last times we see Matt Turner in a Revs uniform with rumors of him going to Europe, um, you know, obviously increasing as the season's coming more to a close. And I do agree that Gustavo Bo is that player for the Revs normally, but I also... I'm seeing a lot of reports, and I'm also seeing it if you watch him play a little bit, that he just doesn't look 100% healthy to me. Uh, He looks like, you know, he's just not 100% out there on the field. And with Carlos Hill also being in and out of the season with injuries, um, Adam Buxa hasn't really been that that stud DP that I guess the Revs fans were expecting. I mean, he's got six goals. He, He did, but again, as a DP, is six goals good enough? In this weird ass season, maybe. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't. Know. So I, I'm leaning more towards Sam and Sam. Uh, I, this oh is my god! Do you guys hate me? 
we're both going in on this, but the the impact, I really just there's something about them right now that I'm liking. Um, I'm a big fan of, of some of the pieces on the back line. Bojan has really turned it on towards the end of the season, and I don't know how much that that's going to continue for much longer. To be completely honest, because we've seen him completely just disappear. But if he can kind of keep his thing up, um, I really expecting the impact to to handle this one. Romel Quioto has been very very well. Uh, Victor Wanyama, he's done well, like you said. Sam it's just I this team has some young players that I feel like could either help or hurt them um if the inexperience shines through then that's where it's gonna hurt if some of the kind of flashy talent of the young players comes out then maybe we can really see something positive here so I really like the impact in this one um I was leaning towards this one being a little bit of a toss-up until I saw the Revs not being great at home and the impact being decent on the road. And that kind of just pushed over my uh my my pick here for for the impact. So the it two really play- hurts that Matt Bolster <laughs> might I mean is in the playoffs before the fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank I you. mean, hey, it's this is what happens. This is what happens, Jason. We can't have nice things. No, yeah. <laughs> Fire's not allowed to make things. Um, so just to recap the play-in games, Sam and I have Nashville beating Miami. Jason, you have Miami. And Sam and I have the impact beating New England. And Jason, you have the Revs. I mean, I, this is really awkward, Jason. It, it, I mean, it, it'd be great if I went 2-0 and it was justified here, but the odds are not my favorite. <laughs> I mean, look, you could do it. I believe in you, man. I believe in you. Thank you. I'm just going to go call these teams real quick. Okay. I'm going to go call up um, Bruce and I'm going to go call up um, fucking David and I'm going to be like, hey, hey, hang on, guys. We got to We got to win for the for the pod. <laughs> it's like, do you want me to call you friends? Or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really weird how MLS kind of did this. And I understand there was an international break and everything. But there's there's the play in games on Friday. And then come Saturday is the, I guess, the official playoff games as well. Um, And we start in the Eastern Conference. We have the four-seeded Orlando City Lions, which is really weird to say when you just think about, you know, this team's history. First time ever. In general, first time ever. Congrats, Lions fans. Um, going off against my NYCFC. Um, this game will be played down in Orlando. Um, Jason, I will go to you. I'm going to save my talk for last because obviously I think you guys know where I'm going with this, but I'm just going to give my motivation towards the end. Um, so, Jason, where, <laughs> where, where are you going? Um, oh, man. Catching me off guard. I don't. I, I, I bounce back and forth with you first and Sam first. So the, you first again. That's is, true. That's is, true. Is bad. <laughs> um, this is so tough. <laughs> this is gonna... might be one of the best matchups of like the opening rounds. I it's agree. Exciting. This one really, really could go either way. Um, I think I would lean Orlando. Um, Nani has been very good and. Fun to watch, and then obviously, what Daryl is it? D- DK Dyke? I don't know. Daryl. Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm with Jason. What? Uh, I couldn't say it right either. I, I honestly have put it as Dyke for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but Daryl DK, like the guy, is fun to watch, and he's really hitting form. He's getting call-outs from Burhalter. Like, 
You love to see it. The confidence is an ultimate. <laughs> you love, love to put in three. I'm sorry, Tom. Okay, so you're. I'm guessing you're leaning Orlando. I don't. I don't like that. Um, I am. Le- I'm picking Orlando. I'm not leaning. Okay, you're you're picking Orlando. Oh, Samuel, um, join us, Tom, in the uh, sadness world. Picking Orlando. Um, he's going with the strong Daryl DK and Nani picks. Fair, fair picks. I'll definitely give you that, Sam. Um, where are you leaning, or where are you picking, and why? So, well, I will, I will say that I am leaning. Ooh. In Jason's direction, <laughs> I am leaning towards Orlando City. I. I Excuse me. I, I agree with pretty much everything that Jason just said. They uh, Daryl DK is like he's amazing. Cash Muller, obviously amazing. He's friend of yeah. the pod. Yeah. Um, all that good stuff. Now here here's my thing, is that uh, Pedro Galis, their their star goalkeeper this season, uh, will not be playing in this game mm. because he will be um, out because he played with the uh, the Peruvian national team and has to do the two week quarantine when he comes back. So he Wonderful. cannot play. Love international games. It, it's great. <laughs> it's almost like uh, international breaks during a pandemic were a terrible idea. But, but it's the fine. first time, yeah. And then they were like, let's just run it back. And we're like, what? Let's, let's run it back and do it again. I mean, like, yeah. Want to see me do it again? No, actually, no. <laughs> I mean, it was great just talking about the U.S. men's national team. But honestly, it would have been better if we didn't do that. If we were the so, only team that played. Yeah, that would have been, been it. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be out, unfortunately, would we which sucks. That? That's a good point. Uh, inner squad <laughs> scrimmage. Uh, it's fine. We beat ourselves, and we lost to ourselves all at the same time. I would um, watch. So I, I, I am still leaning towards Orlando, but it is it probably wouldn't be a lot to sell me on New York City, considering they're losing a very key piece uh, in that back. So, right. Tom. So I'm marking you down. Yeah, yeah, for- convince me. I'm insane. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm marking you Mark- down. To- Orlando. I'm not happy about Mark it. Mark me a- down as a draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's going to go to penalties. Uh, I don't know. It's not a draw then. So Shut so, up, Jason. This is where I'm guys. just here to Orlando help City. out. Orlando City is, is solid. Orlando City is awesome. I, I, I'm a fan of, of Oscar Pereja. Um, I think their defense is highly, highly underrated. Ruan, Kamal Miller... You know, uh, even Antonio Carlos on the back line, very good players. Mauricio Perea, um, Cash Mueller, Nani, Daryl DK, everything you guys have just said is all fair, legitimate uh, arguments for this team. But the reason why I am, of course, going with NYCFC is just the absolute. Because you're the fan. I'm a fan, Yeah. yeah. The absolute heater that this team has been on for the past month or so is insane. Sean Johnson, I think, was snubbed for at least being in the running for goalkeeper of the year because he has had one hell of a goddamn season. And he's been a very vocal leader on Twitter, on, um, you know, just on websites and podcasts that I've seen that this team has a lot to prove. And this team has a lot to prove on failures of years past. Anton Tannerholm, I think I saw finished fourth in defender of the year voting, which is one of the highest we've seen in recent years from a fullback. Anton Tannerholm is an absolute absolute stud and is a big reason why we are so good. He almost plays that Serginio Destrol for NYCFC. Um, I so I really want to lean on him and lean on the experience of Maxime Schinner. Uh, Jesus Christ. Maxime Cheneau and 
uh, Alexander Kyans. I'm combining names right now on the back line, but whatever. I absolutely love this back line. As long as Ronald Matarita doesn't want to foul Richie Larea in the box in the closing moments of a game, then we're pretty much solid on that back line. Maxi Morales <laughs> is just getting healthier and healthier. Keaton Parks has looked very good, kind of replacing James Sands in that midfield for us, and he's even creating a little bit, and he's he's looking confident as ever. Alex Ring is doing things this season that we haven't really seen from him. He's getting more into the attack, and he's looked very, very good at that. And then Tati Castellanos, he's filling in for a bear. Kid's young, kid's raw, kid's hungry. He's scoring hat tricks. He's getting braces. We are going to win this game very, very um, close, but we are going to win this game very confidently over Orlando City, and us beating a very good team is going to spark us into making a run for MLS Cup. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you I very think much. I'm still picking Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate. It. I, I, you, you know, I. If, you, if this was DC or if this was Chicago, or you know, Portland, in your case, Jason. Um, you. <laughs> put, oh, I mean, you got LAFC on the other side too. <laughs> I do. I do. You know. <laughs> um, oh my gosh! I love this. Do I? Do I have a th- second team yet, or am I just that guy? You're just that guy, man. You're you're the goalkeeper all guy. Right, cool. I was gonna say you have all the goalies. <laughs> yeah, I, every goalie on every team. Notice how I I remembered that Pedro Galiz wasn't going to be there. Yes, you got that. You, you, you missed that on Robles. The the Robles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that that was a fuck up. You're right. That was like <laughs> Sam was like, fuck oh, no, I wounded. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's finish up the Saturday games with the matchup between the Columbus Crew and the New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls finishing sixth in the East, the Columbus Crew finishing third. Um, this might be the first one, and we haven't talked about this yet, like with each other. But this is the first one. I have a feeling we might all agree on here. Um, so Clark, Sam, uh, I'll go Jackson. your way. What, Jason, what did you say about Keaton Parks? No, I said Caden Clark. Kaden. Oh, I was like Keaton Parks, like <laughs> you know. Oh, okay, that's a fair point, but I want to hear what Sam has to say. <laughs> Wait, oh, the, I, I don't know. I'm 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 pretty firm on Columbus on this one. And can you right. can you tell me why? Oh yeah, just unfortunately, my my entire freaking like Google Chrome of notes just shut down, so I feel very <laughs> naked right now. Um, Do you want me to uh, go on? Yeah, can you go as I try to re-up my... Jesus Christ. So, Columbus defensively this year has been fantastic. Jonathan Mensah being a defensive player of the year finalist. He was being... He's also a member of our team of the season we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, Harrison Awful has been fantastic. Uh, Milton Valenzuela being a finalist for comeback player of the year after his torn ACL last season. Eloy Room finally fully healthy. This defense, and I know there's other parts of this Columbus Crew squad that's that's very good, but I'll leave that for Jason and Sam to talk about too. But this defense is very, very good. It is very, very scary. And I really feel like this defense could be a strength of this team making a long playoff run as well. So I like the crew a lot. I like the crew over a few other teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, so I'm going with them here unless, Jason, like you said, Caden Clark just comes out of nowhere and starts <laughs> batting left and right. That was a joke, though. I don't actually think he's going to do that. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> I was also like, going damn. Columbus. Um, You're also Columbus? Yeah. I mean, one guy who I, I mean, Jossie obviously is, is playing quite well this year. Uh, he made what MLS Aces team of the season. Yeah, he's uh, our. Come on. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think you have Pedro Santos and Lucas Zellerion in midfield who, I mean, the numbers these guys have put up are just great, right? Both had hit six goals this season. Pedro Santos had eight assists. Uh, Lucas Zellerion had four. Like, these guys are making this team tick, um, and it is fun to watch. Also, uh, I'm going to take this from Sam. Eloy Room, big fan. Very good. <laughs> Big fan for him. All right, so you're going crew. What? You're going crew? Crew. Got it. Sam? Yeah, definitely crew. Crew? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have my notes up. For some reason, the internet hates me now. But, uh, oh, oh, it's loading, finally. So, uh, But I, I still pick crew, but yes, um, I will have notes again eventually. All right, no problem. Um, the only thing I want to touch on with the crew, Jason, you made a great point on a uh, great point on Zella Rayon. He was the MLS's uh, newcomer of the year. He won that award, so um, congrats to him. And also, you know, having Caleb Porter as your head coach, pretty pretty nice experience to have kind of on your sideline over, um, you know, an interim head coach for the for the New York Red Bulls as well. So I'm going crew on that. I think that's the first full sweep we've had. Um, the Sunday games, we have a full slate of Sunday um, games, all Western conference first one we have the uh number one seeded sporting kansas city going off against the number eight seeded san jose earthquakes again i have a feeling we may have a uh, a full sweep here but i don't think we need to talk too long about this one yeah, <laughs> yeah. sam i'll throw this to you real quick but um why are you picking skc because of johnny it, it, yeah it, fuck i keep yes. it, it this, this no jason's right though this is a done and dusted kind of game. Like San Jose really like squeaked into the playoffs. It's nice to see San Jose in the playoffs. Let's let's all kind of agree with that. And it's 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 yes. gonna be nice to see Wando play a game in the playoffs before retirement. But it's he said he wants to go uh, it's season. gonna hurt. He did. He did what? say he wants to go another season because twenty twenty has, has been odd. You're right. Yeah, so I misspoke. So that'll be nice to see. <laughs> um but it's it's just, it's almost no comparison. Like, uh, SKC has just been so solid um, all season Across except for um, MLS is back, which, again, feel, feels like a year ago. But between that and then Tim Melia is looking to – God damn it, I keep going to the goalkeepers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're right. No, I, I start to see it now. Uh, Tim Melia looks amazing. <laughs> um, and like Jason said, Johnny Russell, crap, now I'm distracted. Um, no, I, you it, just got to read from Johnny Russell. The man's a legend. I mean, it's it is what it is. This this team's amazing, like comparatively. Uh, Jason, your legend, uh, Johnny. Is that why? Well, I mean, there's more, but uh, I mean, this, like this is a pretty no, that's a, like I think they're just a, a superior team. But someone who I think I'm I'm pretty excited about who took like a, a, another step forward in his development is Gianluca Busio. Um, he's not I I don't think he's going to play like the major role in this game. I mean perhaps, but um, as as more of a big picture, I, I really like that he's taking these steps forward, and I think he's performed well and will continue to with uh, Kansas City. Okay, okay. Um, I have to say this, guys. I'm going uh, San Jose. Fair not. So uh, the reason why I'm going San Jose is the, their last few wait, games. Wait, are you? Wait, he's serious. Oh, I thought he was joking too. Oh <laughs> no! Friend, like what? 
I, I'm dead serious here. Um, the reason why I'm going oh. San Jose is toward the end of the season, they have been well, scoring. Here goes a, his perfect pick run. An absolute yeah. shit ton of goals in, in every single game that they've been playing in. Um, I also do not deny the, the Wando factor, um, especially could this could. Sam, like you said, could be his last season, may not be, but um, I think the Wando factor plays a, a big, big part in this. Defensively, San Jose has looked much better. Not great, I will be honest, not great, but they've looked better. The attack has just been there for me. Um, Sporting Kansas City does have a few injury concerns, um, but I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I'm feeling an upset pick here. I'm going San Jose, and San Jose has been playing some exciting soccer. I'm all on the uh, the the Almeida train again. I'm going Quakes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move forward. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't really believe what I just heard. Hey, it's <laughs> like it, nah, bro. When it happens next week, I'll be talking a lot of shit. Don't worry. Um, that's, a lot. that's fair. I mean, <laughs> you can clip this and play it back for me. Honestly, like that's fine. I'm but... clipping it and I'm posting it on on social media too. Um, min- nah, their social media team is pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not that scary. They they refuse to follow me. Tom, remember? Yeah, they, they refuse. <laughs> oh my to god, man! Up. I have gone a long time talking shit about this team. <laughs> All right, Minnesota United, Colorado Rapids, Jason. Um, since your notes aren't broken, I'm gonna go to you. How are you feeling about this uh, this matchup? I mean, Minnesota. I mean, okay, okay. Colorado. It it's quite bothers me a little bit. <laughs> that they're in the playoffs. Even here, um, so I don't. I'm not picking them. Uh, but from a a Minnesota, why the win? Uh, Kevin Molino, great goal scorer right there. Uh, I like their midfield a lot, right? Because with Kevin Molino, you have Robin Lod, you have Jan Grigis, Grigis. I don't know. Uh, Ethan. Gregus, well, I don't, I don't say people's names right ever. Okay, oh my God. Um, and Ethan Finley, uh, all of those guys, and I think are just like massive assets, right? And they're just putting up numbers all season. And I don't bet against my guy Ike Opara, right? Like he is such a phenomenal player, and obviously a defense is more than one player. But I just like his ability to lead and help the team a lot and i think he will here and I also will colorado say, shouldn't be I, I will say about the Ico para i uh, i hope he does play i know that there's the multiple reports jason they probably referring to that you know he's he's gonna be an option as to play um they were looking at mid-november i think for his return so this would be around the time for his his return and obviously if he's on the field that gives minnesota just an even more of a chance of winning mm-hmm. um I am also going with Minnesota here. I'm not going with any crazy kind of picks. Minnesota hasn't lost a game since they lost on the road to Columbus on September 23rd. Um, th- this team is just fucking good. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, like, Tyler Miller goes down, but Dwayne St. Clair comes in and has been playing absolutely great in net. Um, Parra goes down for a big chunk of the season. This team kind of just repl- like fills in and replaces. Kevin Molino's having a hell of a season. Um, up top, this is kind of like the Kai Kamara derby, too, because Kai Kamara gets traded from Colorado to Minnesota midseason. You know Kai Kamara is going to want some revenge 
on these dudes. I'm going Minnesota. I'm going the loons. The loons. Sam? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was waiting for the, the question back. Yeah, I'm um I'm super high on Minnesota this season. And I'm very positive of them going forward. Not just in this game, but even after that. Uh, which would be up against uh, SKC. Even then, I would be fairly high on Minnesota. Honestly, uh, I really like I really like this team. Uh, Dwayne St. Clair is fantastic in net. I really think it it was kind of like a coming out of nowhere thing for him. He he wasn't supposed to be playing this year uh, in Minnesota. He was supposed to be getting those USL Championship minutes, and then <laughs> yeah, and then it, he just he popped up and he's been fantastic. He's been very solid in net. He's he's not just uh, good at um, at stopping the ball, but he's good at that distribution little aspect, sending it long, uh, getting it to the forwards. Uh, Kai Kamara is fantastic. And I think this one's just going to uh, run for Minnesota. I'm not too concerned about how long this one's going to go. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a Minnesota victory. Okay. I think that's the second sweep, second sweep we have in Minnesota upsetting, uh, not upsetting, winning, beating the Colorado Rapids. All right. Uh, we have two more matchups left to talk about, guys. Next, we have the Portland Timbers. You're chasing Portland Timbers, a three seed, going up against the six seeded FC Dallas. Um, so I know I'm going a little bit out of order here. I apologize. But, Jason, since these are your boys, it's his uh, People so be sleeping on Portland as per usual. <laughs> sleeping on the three seed. Damn. <laughs> All right. So, um, wh- why are you going to justify the Timbers uh, winning here, Jason? Do I have to? Oh, uh, you have to, but they would <laughs> really upset it. your fans. Really upset your fans. Oh, I meant like, do I have to? Like, because it's just obvious, right? Oh, um, oh okay. That's why. <laughs> No, but like I, I think Diego Valeri, like this guy is still unreal, right? Eight goals, seven assists this year. Phenomenal player. Yimmy Chara, like I don't even need to say it, but Yimmy Chara, eight assists. The I he, really great. I, I can't speak right now. Like the words just don't come. <laughs> um, He's so excited. <laughs> hey, I don't have the fire in here, so I got to root for someone. <laughs> Every year, okay, man, you so, don't have the fire. I think... What? What? I don't know what, what you said. <laughs> I said every year you don't have the fire. Oh, that was just mean. <laughs> um, Sorry. That's why I'm Timber Jason. Why do you think it's been my name for so long? <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Yumi Char, I think, is, is finally you know showing his abilities and really starting to perform. Diego Chara, uh, as well, like the... I love watching Diego Chara, Chara because he just is is just like a menace on the field. You gotta love that. Um, and Tom, your favorite new new player, Eric Williamson. He's not new, okay? He's not new. The dude's been around. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I but like Tom Twitch. I I mean, technically, you're not wrong, but he's not like old. No, look, I understand Eric Williamson was a big reason why I I feel like the Portland Timbers, even through some injuries right now, are still dangerous. But, um, yeah, so I, I won't cut you off, they but persevered. I agree on the, on the Williamson take. Um, but, yeah, that's it. They're going to win. doesn't matter. Okay. Um, they're not, and I'll tell you why. 
Uh, oh, get out of here. What the fuck? I, I just mentioned it, <laughs> and, and it is the is the injury bug that worries me a little bit. Um, since they lost uh, Niaz Goda and Jeremy Ebobise hasn't played the last few games due to some concussion concerns, the scoring has dried up a little bit. Yes, Diego Valeri has been very good. Yes, Yimmy Chara. It's been a long time, Tom. Yes, Yimmy Chara has done well to kind of replace that, but Felipe Mora hasn't been the same kind of player as a uh, as a Niaz Goda has um or you know as Ebobise in general right i i do like i do like this team i i do i i really think they are a very good team i think this is going to be a very good game this but is also their time right this is this, no no it's not because because <laughs> fc dallas is so goddamn good in my brain they are so goddamn good the back Ryan Hollingshead continuously overlooked as a top defender in this league. Matt Hedges always being there. Again, overlooked as a top defender just because he's been so good for so long. Rito Ziegler, um, uh, who is it? Brian Reynolds replacing Reggie Cannon. This back line is going to swallow up some of that attack for the Portland Timbers. And then you go up to the attack and you have Frank Ohara. You have Michael Barrios, Fafa P. Colt. You have guys who aren't always consistently there as goal scorers, but you have guys who just go on absolute runs and absolute flashes, and they have shown that all season long. I really think you have the youth that could kind of just propel this team um, over the Timbers. I'm not saying for a long run, but I am saying I think that this team does have enough talent on paper to just really kind of, I don't know, give them a little something. Maybe if Paxton Pomichol comes back from his injury as well, uh, maybe if Brian Acosta can come back from his injury as well, come off the bench, you don't even have to have him start. This could really be a uh, a little bit of an upset here for uh, FC Dallas. So I have Dallas. Jason, you have the Portland Timbers. Samuel, do you want to break the tie? Yeah, I always love breaking a good tie. Um, but I think everyone kind of heard what I said earlier. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere with it, too. I really didn't expect that at all. Um, Twice. I, I, I've given up on my notes at this point because everything is ridiculous <laughs> in my life. Uh, just add it to the list and my internet doesn't work. Um, Yimmy Chara is an out-of-this-world player. A newcomer of the year, in my opinion. Uh, Eric Williamson, fantastic midfielder. Uh, Diego Valeri has not missed a beat, it feels like to me. Um, Steve Clark, for some reason, is still putting in an amazing shift in goal. And, and just Port- Portland being Portland. They're, they're the 3C for a reason, and, and it's just going to come down to to experience. And experience says that uh, Portland has, uh, has spent a lot of time in the playoffs these last couple years. Uh, this Dallas team is a lot younger, and I think that uh, Dallas is going to learn real quick what it's like to play in the playoffs against a team like Portland. I think the young legs um, outbeat the tired, tired timber legs because they've all been having to log so many minutes because of injuries. But that's just... It's been like two weeks. It's been like three weeks. That's better. (laughs) That's actually better. I'm like, what? So... Amount of time that there's been like serious injuries on the roster, but no, it's fine. Whatever. Okay. (laughs) Whatever. Ignore me. Last matchup of this first round: the Seattle Sounders. You're uh, you're defending. Wow, it's been so long. Are the Seattle Sounders defending champions? 
Uh, technically, they are still. Brain, not here. That's how long 2020's been, man. Seattle so, What's funny defense. is it's like this is the normal time the playoffs would start. Which like, isn't... MLS Cup is always like December 12th or something. Yeah. So this is actually relatively normal, all things considered. Yeah, it's just been a weird, weird regular season. Yeah. Now. Back 2020, just in general, frying brains, honestly. But, um, you know, it, it, I guessed the Seattle Sounders were defending champions because it's, it's just a safe bet, safe guess. It and they're hosting LAFC. Um, LAFC will be without three players for this matchup due to um, positive COVID tests from international and break. One is pretty significant. Palacios, Jose Cifuentes, and... And our MLS Aces team of the season forward, Diego Rossi, will all be out due to um, positive COVID results from uh, their national team duties. So this one might be an easy pick as well. But, um, Sam, I'll go your way first. Seattle, LAFC, um, who are you picking? Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be the matchup of the uh, of the first round of the playoffs, no doubt, right? It's, no. Uh, I mean, this this is what we're asking for for conference finals. And uh, I think, did we get this for conference finals last year? This was the, yeah, this was the um, Bob Bradley going off because um, he lost, remember? And then um, there was like, I'm doing better than Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Man, remember, those were simpler times. (laughs) I I just, I mean, as I said earlier, Obviously, uh, Jordan Morris, is, I'm, I'm a big fan of his, and I think uh, this game is right for the picking uh, against LAFC, as well as uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz uh, has just been having a fantastic season. Uh, Nico Ladero, who did we say he was team of the season? I already forgot. Uh, he is team of the season. He is, he is team of the season. I mean, what a what a guy he is, like uh, Uruguay national team, like just playing with Luis Suarez and it's like, ah, he goes back to MLS and you're like, yeah, he's a stud. It's really, <laughs> it's really nice. It's really nice. To see, honestly, like, I mean, we almost got him to Seattle because apparently Nico Adero is like really close with, uh, Luis Suarez. Um, Best friends, man. Yeah, I'm all about it, but instead he went to Atletico. Oh, like a scumbag. <laughs> I mean, he would have brought COVID over here too. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but like, yeah, so so really? Seattle. Got it. Okay. Um, Jason, <laughs> Seattle, LAFC, where are you going with this? I mean, it kind of sucks with the, you know, the COVID current situation because I think this, like, like Sam was saying, was such a phenomenal potential for, like, one of the best games. But I, I disagree. I think it's going to be Seattle. Um, losing Rossi is, like, massive, right? For LAFC, like he was our second, I guess, MVP. What is that called? Yeah. There's a word for that. Runner but up. runner up. Yep, runner yeah. up. There it goes. Um, <laughs> but Seattle's just got so much firepower, and they're just, I'm just here for the Portland Seattle round two matchup. Yeah. No, um, that's really interesting, guys, because I'm going LAFC. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's your team, so yeah, he's got to so, pick him, right? So, so the reason I can't why... wait till your your bracket is destroyed. Oh God, no, it's gonna be, be cool. The the reason why I'm going LAFC over the Seattle Sounders is this: 
Yes, Diego Rossi is out. I get it. That's big because he won the Golden Boot. He is a member of our team of the season. Um, He's an absolute stud of a player. Probably we're never going to see him in an LAFC uniform again because he's going to be going over to Europe. Deuces. Love you, Diego. But we'll, we'll see you later. This team up's top still has... Um, last season's MVP in Carlos Vela, who's pretty healthy because he's only played, what, two or three games this season after coming off an injury. So he's fully refreshed and recharged. Brian Rodriguez is getting looked at by big clubs over in Europe, and he's finally showing, you know, the the kind of all the hype we've heard around him. And guess what? Bradley Wright Phillips, who's absolutely banging in goals this season. OK, I'm completely happy with that because he has nine goals himself. Then in the midfield, this team is fully healthy outside of obviously Sefuentes, who is going to be um, missing the game due to COVID. But you still got Mark Anthony K. You still got Latif. You still got Atuesta. You still got plenty, plenty of talent and depth in the midfield. And then going on the back line, look, the back line's a little shaky. We all know this. It's here. It's it's been a problem all season long. But I really think that with their new addition to that back line. Um, playing uh, Jesus Mario, playing next to Eddie Segura. I really, really think the center back pairing is finally there, finally solidified. Maybe they can get some pieces back healthy. Tristan Blackman playing out at the right back positions, not being forced to play center back. I really like LAFC a lot. I really think that they can pull the mat, uh, upset in um, you know the first round of these playoffs and uh, move on. So that's, that is that, guys. That's that. That's the first round. Oh, okay. okay. I think we have like a record amount of disputes. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm okay with that. I really am. 2020 hitting hard. So, mm-hmm. I mean, look, if I think I have the most disputes from you guys, so so we'll see. But it should be a pretty, pretty awesome um, first round matchups. I'm Jason. I mean, Sam, I know you said that Seattle LAFC is the like is the matchup of the first round. I personally think that it is going to be Orlando, New York City FC, but there's a ton, a ton of awesome games that are going to be played out. And I think a few games that could be a little bit closer than uh, people are expecting. But this has been a long one, guys. This has been a long MLS Aces podcast. I appreciate it. We're kind of making up for not having an an episode last week as well. Um, So sit back, enjoy the MLS games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday, because why the fuck not just play Sunday then Tuesday? Um, guys, do you have anything you want to say to the listeners? Sam, you can go first. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the games. Jason, do you have anything you want to say? Yeah. Um, not really. Have fun <laughs> watching the playoffs. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's the one. Put that on a t-shirt, gentlemen. Let's <laughs> we'll see some. Not, not really. Okay. <laughs> Big bops this weekend. Big right, pops. Guys. Peace. <laughs>